Yeah, I've got this dog, and her name's, I call her Bonnie. Her real name's Ginger, but I call her Bonnie. That's, that's my pet name for her. Uh, did, there she is. That's, that's, that's pretty much her normal state right there. She just got through going through the weeds and through the, you know, and, and, and the, thing about, the thing about Bonnie is, is she's, she's a beautiful, beautiful dog. She's, she's rather old now, but she's a beautiful dog, but she loves running through the burrs. You ever had a dog that liked that? She loves running through those burrs. And we, we live on 15 acres and we have nobody around us. You know, we don't own all the property around us, of course, but they can just run free. They can just run all over the place, hundreds and hundreds of acres, literally. And that's what my dogs do. They go and they pick up armadillos and stuff like that and bring them back and kill them in the yard. I mean, I mean we, yeah, yeah, we, we find armadillos all the time in the yard sticking straight up like this. And, and they, they have such a good time. We have three that are outside and... Uh, Bonnie, she loves going through the burrs, and she's got that hair that just the, the, cling, the burrs cling to it, you know. And so what'll happen is, is all summer when the burrs come out, she'll just run, she'll just go everywhere, and then she'll come back, and she'll have all these burrs all over her. I mean, all over her. And there's no way that we can cut all of them out. So we'll we'll try and pin her down because she hates it. She hates getting flea and tick stuff on her, you know, and she hates being being trimmed. So I pinned her down the other day and I started cutting them burrs off there. And so I got it to where her ears were fairly clear because they were just all over her. So I just trimmed her down and, and I let her back up. Do you know what she did? She ran right back into the burr patch. I mean, right back into it. So, you know, after you've done that a few times, you're thinking, well, I'm just going to quit. She can just, she can just live with a big old burr, whatever you call all, all over her. You know, you don't call them dingleberries. You just call them burberries, right? Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. They're just burrs all over. And, and she's such, she such a beautiful dog, but many of them burrs just attached to her. You know, people are a lot like that. I mean, the Bible teaches us over and over again, we're going to talk about this today, is, is, is a lot of Christians never mature. And, and they, they tend to like where they're at. They tend to like to stay where they're at. You know, a lot of, a lot of born-again people, man, they've, they've, they've achieved what they're already ever going to achieve, they're, they're ever going to get from God. But if you don't understand, if you don't really have that understanding of you have everything that God's going to give you right now, but you just got to accept it, you got to receive it, you got to start running, you got to stop running back into the burr patch. And a lot of people I've noticed, born-again people, I mean, they just run right back into that burr patch. They get trimmed off. They come to church. They get the burrs trimmed off. And then as soon as they leave, they run right back into that burr patch and just and attach a bunch of burrs onto them and then come back to church to get the burrs trimmed off. Well, see, that's not the way we're supposed to live. God expects us to stay out of the burr patch, just like I expect for Bonnie to stay out of the burr patch. She comes back and she has to rest in a chair because, oh my gosh, I've just had it. You know, I just... I've been running everywhere and I've had stuff hanging all over me and, and, and coyotes chased me earlier today. You know, the devil chased me. And so she comes back and she lays in the chair like that. She's still all wet from everything hanging off of her. And, and we hear that, I, I tend to hear that quite a bit is people are doing really good on Sunday, but then two or three weeks later, I don't see them at all. And they've been out of church for two or three weeks, for a month even, and, th and they come back and the devil's been lying to me. The devil's been all over. You know, if you're, you're going to tell the reverend that the devil's been lying to you, you know, I'm going to knock you on the head like this because that's all the devil's going to do is lie to you. He is not going to tell you the truth. 
I just say one thing? It's a three-letter word, duh. <laughs> he's, of course he's going to lie to you. Don't you be coming up to me telling me the devil's, li- the devil's lying to me. I can't believe it. I just want to knock you on the head and say, pal, you could have had a V8. Because the devil's going to lie. That's all. That he, he's the, he's, he is the liar. He's the great deceiver. He's not going to tell you the truth. He's going to always speak to you and say, you big dumb bunny, you just, you're just not going to be worth anything. Your marriage is going to fall. Are you listening this morning? Your marriage is going to fall apart. Your kids are crazy. There, you know, all this, all this, you know, you're just, you're just every, your life is falling apart. I'm going to just tell you a little secret today. That's not God talking to you. Amen. That's not, Amen. that's not God talking to you. Your marriage is falling apart, my child. And I'm going to sit up here and watch it fall apart. What? Do you think that's, do you think that's God talking? No. That's, that's just that's out of our ignorance. And so Paul, he all through the New Testament, man, he, he ran into these churches and we're back into Romans today, but he ran into all these churches and he, he knew that these people were born again, but they weren't acting like it. They weren't living their life like they were born again. So in other words, can a Christian live like the rest of the world? Yes, we can live just like the rest of the world. He went on to say, that if you are doing these things, you will not see the kingdom of God. How many of you realize that the kingdom of God is already, uh, the kingdom of God already came, folks. Kingdom of God has, you know what? It came about 2,000 years ago. Should I say he came about 2,000 years ago. The world rejected him. But he came and he brought the kingdom. Remember the prayer that he prayed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He came to save the world. He brought God's kingdom here and we have to receive, we have to accept God's kingdom in our lives. And the first step, of course, is to receive Jesus as our Savior. Now, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we know that everything's great. We're going to heaven. We just, you know, we can just, we're, we're just hallelujah. I'm free, I'm free. And I'll just live like ever I want to. Somebody told me a while back, yes, this is true. Somebody told me, you know, your church, there's a difference between your church and the other church I go to. Your church, I have to grow up. The other church, I don't. You see, there's, there's they said, your church is a little, is different because it, that's a step. You, you're taking another step because I can go to this other church and I don't have to grow any. I can just go. Somebody actually said that to me. And they went, is really, you know, because growing up is sometimes a little bit painful. Growing up is, is really, you know, growing up out of a children, out of a spiritual child stage sometimes takes a little bit of, man, it's, it's just a little painful. It's just a little, you got to start taking steps. You got to start taking steps forward, not backward. Some of the things need to get out of your life that may be in your life. But you know what? I can't do it for you. And you're not going to come to me and tell me, Mark, you got to help me. You got to. No, you've got to help yourself. Mark, you got to pray for you. Can't, you can't come and ask me to pray for you every Sunday because you can pray for yourself. Amen. That's 
You can speak over yourself. This is part of growing up. But yeah, there's, Mark, don't you want control over this? No, I don't want control over you. I want you to grow up. I want you to understand who you are. And generally what happens is, is when people get, get, get away from church, they stop coming, they come back and they're all messed up because they've got to get filled again. Now the thing that before we go to Romans is what we have to understand of where we've come to now is that when you're born again, it's your spirit that's born again. You see, you are a spirit man. Who you li- the body that you live in right now and who you are today as people know you is very temporary, folks. The time that you spend here on earth is very short compared to the time of the rest of eternity that you will spend with God. Because that's where you're going if you're born again. But the thing is, is our spirit is born again and the Bible says that our spirit has been made new. All things have become new. When you're born again, Everything of your spirit man becomes new. And the thing about it is, is God is a spirit, so God sees you in the spirit. So when you're born again, you've received Jesus in your heart as, as, as your savior, you become white as snow. All the sin before and after has already been forgiven. You become this new creation in Christ. And guess what? That's how God is judging you If you really want to know the truth here, God is judging you as a new creation in Christ. He's not judging you by your sin, by all the problems that you have. He knows you have problems because you're the human being that he created you to be. But when you're born again, God sees you through the eyes of Christ. You are as white as snow. You have no sin. Hallelujah, I am free. Fear doesn't live here no more. Sin doesn't live here no more. Your word was spoken and it brought healing to me and it brought healing to you. And one of the biggest problems of of the church as, as a whole today is we don't, we just don't understand who we already are. We've been told time and time again, I was telling somebody the other day that I was raised a certain denomination and I was told time and time again, God's gonna get you for whatever you do. I was told time and time again, if you smoke, God's going to get you. I was told time and time again, if you get divorced, you're never going to get in heaven. If you, if you commit, if you uh, have sex before marriage, you're never going to get into heaven. Guys, all that stuff is just a control issue. It's not even true. But that still doesn't give us the right to go do what we want because we are a witness every day. So our spirit becomes new, but guess what? Our, our spirit becomes saved, but guess what? Your soul does not. Your soul is always in the process of being saved. Now, your soul is your what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why we have so many crazy Christians out there. They become born again, and there's no one to teach them to give them the wisdom that they need to change. They get saved, and woo, hallelujah, I am saved, I am free, and then they stop going to church, or they, or they go to a church that doesn't know how to teach, that doesn't know how to share the wisdom of God, and they never grow up. That's why there are people that have been in church all their lives, just like I have. I've been in church for over 50 years, and there are some areas that I myself have not grown up in. 
And the, the more I understand who I am, the more word I get, the more, the more word I get that I really need in my life, the more my soul is saved. So as you get wisdom, godly wisdom, as you, as you see the changes that need to take place in your life, your soul is constantly being saved. Hallelujah. How many is that the first time that they've ever heard that? One or two? One or two or three? It's very important to listen this morning then. Amen? Amen. How many of you have not heard that before, but you just were afraid to raise your hand because you thought that I was going to come back there and cast a demon out of you? Thank you very much, Gator. Everybody gather around Gator right now. No, I'm just kidding. So your soul is constantly being saved. And Paul is telling us, and we're getting ready to, I think we're just going to go straight to Romans 12 just, just because of time's sake. But he's telling these people, these people have already been born again. He's talking, if you look at the very first of Romans, he's talking to born again people. He even says it at the very first. And then he goes, then he starts saying, this is who you are. You are not this, but you are this. All right, we're just going to have to go there. Romans 8. Go ahead and put that back up for me. Ethan, Let's, let me skip back to Romans 8. I'm going to start at 1. Listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What Paul is trying to do here is tell them this is who you are. When you're born again, you walk with God every day. Every day. So you are not walking according to the flesh, but you are already walking according to the Spirit. Now you've got to, you've got to let your walk out. I've often said we are living from the inside out. Guess what, folks? You are always, you are, God is with you all the time. Paul in this, in this chapter is constantly telling them, this is who you are you're not waiting to be this. This is who you are. Now realize it and go out there and do what God has called you to do. Amen. Man, this is some, this is some hard stuff here. This is some freeing stuff here if you'll just, if you'll just listen to it. Get in, the, get in Romans yourself and begin reading who you already are. God cannot see you as some low-down son of a gun that just doesn't do anything right. There's no way. How many of you are born again in this room? Are you sure? I mean, because if you are, guess what? God is looking at you right now. Through your spirit man, you're already clean. You're already washed. You're already, man, you're already there. I'm already there. No matter, you know, you may get a cuss word out every now and then. You may say something, something stupid on Facebook. That's when I'd like to knock you in the head again. We may do dumb things, but we are still, God still sees us as clean, as washed, whiter than snow. Hallelujah, man, that ought to just make you shout right there, thinking, ooh, that's who I am. Yes. Well, amen. amen. Thank you, All right, I'm glad I'm excited about it. Let's just go to 12. Let's finish up there. I don't know how far we'll get. I've asked Ethan to put this up in the amplified version. Woo, Darla, come on, come on. Darla, come on, come on, yes. 
Darla likes the amplified version. I just got word this morning that Ethan has applied for the Air National Guard. And believe it or not, he needs to gain about 10 pounds before he can get in. So those of us who need to lose 10 pounds, go back there and lay hands on Ethan today. If it was just that easy, amen, I would like to transfer 10 pounds from me to Ethan this morning. <laughs> Come on, go, go ahead, just lay, yeah. Ethan's not laughing either. <laughs> All right, listen to this. Let's see how far we can get this morning. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. Man, this guy is serious. He's sitting there going, you know, this is the apostle Paul, and he's been called to all these different people, you know, and he's going, please, please, this is, a, please, change your ways. I beg of you to listen. Hmm to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties. Ooh, this is serious, man. As a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, and consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Woo, that almost loses you right there. You're going, oh my. Oh, boy, that's a lot. That's a lot of words right there. He's saying, guys, make your life a living sacrifice. Everything that you do. He said, he's really saying, I'm not asking you to do everything right. I'm asking you to make your life a living sacrifice. Yeah. Man, we have, sometimes we have a hard enough time just getting to church four times a month. That's right. I mean, you, can't, you really can't say that this church just uh, overdoes it in services. What? I mean, we had Wednesday night one time and all of you, well, let's go for Wednesday night. Then three of you ended up coming. <laughs> Maybe I should have been preaching this beforehand. Make yourselves a living, a living sacrifice. Now, you don't have to be in church to be a living sacrifice, but church is the place where you learn that you are a living sacrifice. Amen? Should be. Make yourself a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this world's this age fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Darla likes all these words for some reason. <laughs> but be ye transformed, be ye changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. How do you renew your mind? By the word. Your spirit. Is everybody still listening to me? Everybody here say, anybody who's still here say, whoop. Whoa. All right, say glory. glory. All right, most of you are still here. Besides the one who are asleep on the back couch, amen. Now, you got to understand, I'm going to take that couch out of here if I see anybody sleeping on it anymore. You got to understand that your spirit is born again and your spirit does not have to be born again every time that you do something wrong. Your spirit is born again. If it's born again now, it'll be born again tomorrow. When you screw up tomorrow, it will still be born again. It's a new creation. I will, thank you very much. It's a new creation. 
But your mind is not. Your mind must be renewed day by day. I want you to just think about it for a minute. When you get away from the right people, when you get away from those who instead lift you up and you start getting around the people that pull you down, how does your mind begin to work? Come on now, it brings confusion. It brings, it brings depression. Which brings me to this. It is impossible because of who you are in your spirit for you to be demon-possessed. There is no stinking way that you can be demon-possessed. Now, whoever has told you, oh my gosh, we gotta cast the demon out of you, and you're born again? That's an impossible task. Because your spirit is a new creation in Christ. I just freaked three or four people out in here just now. Because you feel like you're demon possessed this morning. Listen, it is your, it is your mind, your will, your emotions that can be oppressed by the devil. Satan cannot enter into you, your spirit. That's who you are. If you are born again, because you belong to God. So, if anybody's been telling you that, tell them to shut up. Tell them, just to, tell them just to quit yakking. As a matter of fact, just get away from them. Because that's not who you are. And as long as you listen to people like that, you will never become who you are. Oh, just a big, just, yes, hallelujah. That's who we are in Christ, man. We, we, listen, we can't, just because we do something wrong, just because of what somebody says we are, because, just because you're acting like your mama did, you know, yes. You know, your mama might have been a little bit crazy and everybody's telling you that you have to be the same stinking way because that's the way your mama was. No, you can be renewed. Your mind can be renewed because you're acting out what your mind knows. My dad, was, my dad was a scoundrel. Anybody who knew my dad, he's been gone two and a half years now. He was just really, he was kind of mean. And if you ever met him, he'd be mean to you. Just, that, that was just his nature. And we went to a Nazarene church when I was young and I watched my dad get kicked out of the Nazarene church. I went with him. The pastor and another deacon, big deacon, because my dad was rather big. Big deacon came with the pastor and they kicked him out of the church. And you know Why? Because my dad tried to take control. Now some of you are going, what? Yes, if you knew my dad, he would try to take control of everything. Everything. That's just how his nature was. But you know, when you don't get the proper teaching, when you don't get the wisdom of God, he was a good church going man. And listen, he was, I mean, he's in heaven today. But he, his mind was never renewed. He never understood who he really was. And so they threw him out of church. They quit going to church after that. How many of you realize that when you get thrown out of church, you're pretty much not going to have anything to do with the church again? At least for a little while. Has anybody been thrown out of... No, don't answer that. <laughs> not yet, right? You see, the church is supposed to be the, the place where our minds are to be renewed. We are to... We are to get the word of God in us and we are to get the wisdom in us. And sometimes those things, when we grow up, they tend to hurt. Amen? I mean, all right, let's finish up here. You guys about had enough of me today? No? Let's, let's, you know, I've got, I had 17 verses and we're on verse three. 
so we're not gonna finish today. That'd just give me something for next week, right? For by the grace, unmerited favor of God. How many of you know that you're living in the grace of God, that unmerited favor? Oh, you just can't do anything to earn that grace. You just can't, it's unmerited. Some of you are going, what? It's unmerited. The grace of God, hallelujah, is, I, I just can't do anything to earn it. It's because I've received Jesus that the grace of God is all over me. It's all over you. It's all over Dennis. It's all over Michael. It's all, it's all over everybody in here who has received Jesus as their Savior. Waiting to just bathe in the grace of God. Amen. Come on. Grace of God. It's given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought to. I've got the grace of God. I've got more grace than you do. My faith is much greater than yours because I am the pastor of this church and you need to understand. Let me lay hands on you so you can have my faith. God has given to each and every person in here the measure of faith that he or she needs. Do you realize that each and every one of us are, will go through different things in life? Some of us will go through the same things, of course, but we need the faith of God. We need that measure of faith to get through everything that the devil, you know, God knows everything that you're gonna need. He, he knows everything that you're gonna go through and he's already given you the faith through his word of everything that you need. Man, well, think about that. God said before you were born, well, yep, he's gonna go through this, he's gonna go through this, and boom, I give him the faith, I give her the faith to get through that. You might be saying, well, Mark, how come I'm not getting through it? How come I'm, because your mind needs to be renewed in the things of God. You can't, you just can't. I just can't blame anybody else but myself if my mind is not being renewed. Nobody. Nobody, not nobody. We are responsible for ourselves. Hallelujah, let's finish it. We're trying to get done here. Where am I? Oh, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, <laughs> but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith, thank you very much, apportioned by God to him. You have been a poor, man, just think about it now. Just think about it. Before you were born, God gave you this faith. Now it's up to you to use it. All right, let's go on more. For as in one physical body, we have many parts, organs and members, and all these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, all of us in here, right? Are one body in Christ. Wait a minute. One body in Messiah. One body in Christ. We are all one body in Christ. Even the church down the street Amen. who believes in Jesus Christ, we are one body in Christ. So why aren't we supposed to be working together? Yes. We are. Yes. Oh. One body in Christ and individually we are parts one of another mutually dependent on one another. The stronger we are in our faith, the more an understanding that we have, the stronger as a body we become. Amen? Amen. Yes. 
I mean, just the more we understand who we are in Christ, there is therefore now no, no condemnation upon Charles. There is no condemnation upon Kevin at all. Even summer, there is therefore now no condemnation. Don't let me scare you. None at all. None at all. A man I know as Coonrod. There is no, think about that for a minute, no condemnation. All the words that you, all the words, man, somebody in here has been hearing these words in their head that you are never going to make it. You are never you are just, you are not going to make it any farther than you are right now. There's somebody in here that has been listening to words like that all week long, maybe all month long. You've been hearing the same thing over and over again. It may have been some words that have been said to you months ago. It may have been words that have been said to you years ago. It may have been words that have been said to you yesterday. But God wants you to know, the Lord wants you to know this morning, those words are not true. Oh, don't listen to the great deceiver. That's not who you are. That is not who you are. That's not, God has, who has, that's not what God has called you to be. The Lord is releasing you. You are free. You are free. You know what? If you, were the, if you murdered 12, 15, 20 people, which I don't think there's anybody here like that this morning. If you were the, if you were the biggest murderer in America and you received Jesus today, you have received heaven as a gift. Now it's up to you to change your ways in the ways of God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Amen. Amen. We didn't get very far today, but we got far enough. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's, let's just, let's just, uh, let's all close our eyes this morning and let's just, let's just meditate for a moment on what was said this morning. Hallelujah. Let's all listen to the voice of God. Let's just take a, let's just take a moment and let's just be still. I feel like I just need to say that if there's somebody in here that, you know, you are not for certain that you have received Jesus as your Savior, now is the time to do it. And we're going to pray with you right where you stand. Because you see, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not traditional things. It's, you, don't have to be, you don't have to be in a certain place. Uh, you can receive Jesus wherever you are. I need back row, back there at the couch, I need you to listen to me this morning. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. See, you can receive Jesus wherever you are. And we're going to say that prayer together. Would you say this with me? Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus who died on that cross for me. I receive Jesus as my Savior right now. He has forgiven me for all my sins. Past and present. Jesus, I receive you right now. I repent from my ways. I am now a child of God. Thank you, Father, for your son Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you have, you have uh, 
brought this word to us today and as we study who we are in Christ. Father, I pray that when the, when the people go out of this room that they understand who they are, that they know that things don't change just because people say they do. Because your word says this is who we are and this is who we will be. So Father, we just thank you today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Come on. Man, man, there, there is no condemnation. Well, what an important message th this has been this morning and, and what important messages that will come from this because when we understand who we are in Christ, how far we will go together. Amen. You're going to stop getting those ideas that I need to go somewhere else. I need to do something else. I'm not being taught the right thing. You're going to be strengthened in the Word of God. Yes. I just see people rising up from what they've been called to just simply because the Word of God is being taught. Amen. The Word of God is so powerful. Amen.